Hey, it's Dibs, your favorite demon in a blue suit. You're listening to Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demon. Campbell to Stonewall. Stonewall driving to the rim, goes up, gets it to fall, and one. Oh, Max Drews brings down the house. Radio DePaul Sports, your home for Blue Demon basketball. From this court. Broadcasting live from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. Test, test, one, two, one, two, one, two. Huh, I wonder what's going on then. Uh, so, oh, program one is muted, it says. Why is it muted? Why is it muted? Uh, Climrex is on, so then what's going on here? It's just playing music in the background. I guess that's something I'll have to look at a little later today. But what's up, guys, and welcome to World Sports Roundabout, rather the return of World Sports Roundabout. In case some of you weren't listening in and or tuning in during the uh, winter months of last year, World Sports Roundabout is just the most roundabout way to take a look at sports around the world in a roundabout space. Um, I guess the best way to describe the show is uh, it's the only show where we go all around the world and tell you what the sports is all about. Thus the name. World Sports Roundabout. I am Brandon Bowens. Uh, I will be your conductor here today. Uh, it's good to be doing the show again. It's good to be behind the radio set here. Uh, and I do apologize for like the various changes in audio level. Um, we we had a little bit of technical difficulties. I've been trying to get the audio level kind of stabilized here. It's just one of those things where uh, you being kind of the uh, technical guy at the station uh, kind of forces you to uh, deal with a lot of issues here. Uh, but I think that we are just about ready. Uh, we had a nice little country here today to talk about. Uh, if you haven't caught up with any of the shows previously, um, they are available on the Radio DePaul Sports Podcast, all 10 of them. Is it 10 or is it 9? I don't remember. Like, off the top of my head, I do not remember. Uh, going to the podcast here. Thank you very much. Uh, 9. It is 9. In fact, so, there are 9, and you can definitely check them out at your leisure. Again, I do apologize for the late delay, but we are just about to get started. And the topic, or rather the... Well, I guess the topic kind of works in a sense here. But the country that we are going to be talking about today is Venezuela. Venezuela is a South American country uh, that is well known for their baseball there. Uh, and we will talk about that at some point 
uh, and during the show. But to begin with, let's talk a little bit about uh, Venezuelan sports here today. As soon as I can actually get... I have like 27 pages worth of notes on every country that I've done. Uh, and so here we are at Venezuela finally. And so let's begin the show. <coughs> so Venezuela... Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll start with uh, Olympic sports first, just simply because I've been doing everything. But Venezuela first joined the Olympic Games in 1948. That's the summer. They do not participate in the Winter Olympic sports. They've won a total of 12 Olympic medals, five of them which have come from boxing. They've won three uh, gold medals, uh, one in triple jump, one in boxing, and I can't remember the uh, other one off the top of my head. But they have, in fact, won three. Venezuela won their first Olympic gold medal in 1952 when Arnaldo Dinovich won bronze in the men's triple jump. And then the first Venezuelan Olympic gold medal was won by Francisco Morichito Rodriguez in the light feather, light flyweight, rather, light flyweight category in boxing and in 1968 Mexico Olympic Games. Venezuela also takes part in the Bolivian Games, a multi-sport competition involving the athletes from Bolivia, Chile, Colombia, which will be tomorrow, uh, Ecuador, Panama, Peru, and, of course, Venezuela. So, yeah, uh, they also participate in things like the Pan American Games as well, uh, FIVA Americas and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Again, they're not just, they're, how do I word it? Like, in terms of South American sports, from what I can understand, uh, Venezuela is about, like, the, they're, like, lower top tier. So, you know, you have Brazil, obviously. You have countries like Argentina as well, um, and Chile, and I guess you could probably put Peru in there. Uh, but Venezuela, you know, in terms of boxing, probably one of the best out there. In terms of, like, triple jump, like, a surprising dark horse here or there. Um, their track team has, in terms of South America, done really well. Um, but, you know, they're probably not going to be, like, top podium in the Olympic Games in the future. But they re are really good at the athletics and stuff like that. They're always competitive, always active. And so that pretty much concludes anything Olympic-related. Uh, other top sports that uh, occurs in... Um, Venezuela includes rugby union. It's their fourth most popular team sport behind baseball, uh, football, and uh, basketball, which we will get into a little bit later. They also enjoy tennis, cycling, golf, motorsports, bullfighting, swimming, and beach volleyball. Uh, I actually, you know what? I won't start with baseball. Baseball is kind of how my notes kind of started off, but I think what I'll do is I'll actually talk about two other sports uh, that I was able to find. Huego uh, del Gatote, or Huego del Gatote Lorente, um, is a Venezuelan martial art that involves machetes, knives, or stick throwing, and knife fencing. It's associated with the Venezuelan state of Lara, uh, which I didn't know Venezuela had states. Uh, but they have 23 states. 23 states, a uh, population of so far over 2 million. Now, first of all, uh, I don't I don't know how this game works. I tried so hard to figure out 
exactly how this works. I don't know how the sport works, but a sport with machetes, stick fighting, and knife fencing. I can't figure out how this game works. I, I tried to find it. I, I'm going to try one more time as we're doing this show here today. I could not find anything about it other than the fact that it does exist. Um, it does exist, which is good. But, you know, obviously you guys want to know, you know, way more about it. Uh, I got to. Actually, you know what? Let me take a quick commercial break because I need to make sure this battery thing is uh, set up good. So uh, we'll take a quick break and uh, we'll return with more bench shatter action. Birthday present. Rides really smooth, too. Oh, and I see you finally got a new helmet. I did. Bought it cheap online. Love those side wings. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, are you hungry? Yeah, I'm starving. And need some water, too. Okay, follow me. We'll turn off here. I'm right behind you! Hey, watch the cars. They can be crazy. <laughs> Teddy! No! Are you okay? Teddy! Somebody do something! I called 911. They should be here soon. Was this young man hit by a car? Yes, and I'm concerned because his helmet is smashed and cracked open. It's a brand new helmet! It's probably a fake. Please help him. Fakes cause real harm. You're smart. Buy smart. Go for real. Brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. If you're worried your friend may be struggling, remember, you don't have to be there to be there. You can say how while you will get a fake tattoo. You can ask with an app if it works for you. You can write him a text or knit him a sweater. If you can't be together, you can write him a letter. Whatever, whatever, whatever gets you talking. You could chat on the game, kick off your flip flops. You can ask on your couch while you binge watch. However you do it, you gotta ask a friend. And if they don't share, you can ask again. Whatever, whatever, whatever gets you talking. Reach out to a friend about their mental health. Learn how you can help at SeizeTheOpera.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and the Jed Foundation. Still can't get that to work. I am a bit peeved about that. Uh, oh, come on. Is, is this it? Is this why it doesn't work? Oh, my God. Okay. Well, I'm glad we figured that out. Uh, but, yeah, welcome back to Bench Chatter. Uh, apologies for this quick kind of quick break. Uh, I had to connect my... Uh, <laughs> I had to connect the uh, charger to my computer, and so that just took a bit of a moment. But, yeah, I'm trying to figure out this sport here. And I, I've, there's photos of it. There's a video of it. There's a video of it. Do we do we play it? I think we... I think we... I don't know. 
I, I don't know. Um, and I'm like, I'm like looking at. I don't. Uh, uh, so I'm looking at it. It looks pretty fun. It, it looks like, you know, you're trying to gain position on the, your opponent. So you're both fighting with sticks and, you know, you block with the sticks and stuff like that. But you're trying to make your uh, opponent in a position and where, like, they can't guard themselves with your next hit. And so, like, it looks kind of like fencing. It, it basically is a stick fight and it looks kind of like fencing. But I don't understand why they would use knife, like, you know, machetes or knives. I don't. I still don't get that because based on the like quick thing that I found, they were it's basically stick fighting, and it looks like fun. Uh, <laughs> so I I would just recommend doing the sticks and stuff like that. Uh, Colio, uh, is the other sport that I uh, was able to find that is uh, native to Venezuela, actually somewhat native to Colombia as well. Uh, but it's a similar to American style rodeo, uh, where a small group of lirianos or cowboys. On horsebacks, pursue cattle at high speeds through a narrow path called a manga de colo in order to stop or tumble them. It's typically like a side event, kind of like uh, the, uh, blah, blah, blah. like what we did was Mexico. Uh, what was it called? It's been a while since I did Mexico. So what is it? It's uh, Chicharinos? Chacharia. Chacharia. Chacharia or Chacharia as it's properly pronounced because the double r has a little tilde in there uh but it's typically a side attraction to a larger event such as a religious festival uh but they are very popular in venezuela and parts of colombia mostly in the plains Ugh, get this there we go there we go okay there we go no there we go there we go Goodness, I don't know how I did it last year with the uh, mic and the computer and stuff like that. I think I'm just so used to bench chat and having my notes on the computer screen to my side to the point where now I have this computer like to my side and stuff like that. I can't focus. I, I got to pay attention to one side or the other. Uh, but we're good, I think. I think we're good. Or I think we'll just move. Oh, I don't have that flexibility. Uh. Okay. Here we go. There we go. But yeah, uh, continuing on. Uh, this is the first show. We're rusty. We'll just keep on going where we can. Colio can be a dangerous sport, and most of the participants are male, though there are female Colio events that do happen. Accidents can happen mostly because the riders uh, are riding like aggressively and at very high speeds with no protection, which makes sense i guess because it's if it's similar to rodeo that's how i understand rodeo rodeo you just you sit on a bull you got no protection you might get speared by the by a bull and stuff like that but uh yeah it's, it's for the love of the uh love of the game i guess i don't know when the last time i've actually ever seen a rodeo much less a colio much less a chacharia and stuff like that uh because it used to be like prevalent on espn and I don't know where it went, but, like, I don't think I've ever seen 
a rodeo since like the mid 2000s because i i'm sure like espn probably saw uh rodeo as like the next big sport and then just kind of like ah well no it's not because no it's not but um yeah uh but some spectators actually could get injured because if they're sitting on top of the high rails because it's, it's different from rodeo in a sense in fact that your participants could actually be on the stairs and so it's like a street it's like a street event it's like a street fight essentially i think no, I don't know if it's a street fight would be the best way. But, you know, like an unsanctioned, uh, like, wrestling match. Like the ones that, like, local companies do and they get, like, the local wrestlers in the town to do it and they're doing it in, like, a convention hall and stuff like that. You know, like, that, like that's how I kind of see it. Because, I mean, like, you know, you're sitting at the top of that, and then occasionally, like, a drunk spectator may fall in or collide with the rider or the bull. Uh, and much like the example I brought earlier, you know, you're you're chilling up there. You know, you're chilling there, and you get drunk. You're like, oh, well, this is some low-level low level wrestling competition. I'm just going to go straight in, and I'm going to wrestle this guy. And then you realize, oh, there's a athletic difference between me being drunk in the crowd. And me going up against these wrestlers that are like, you know, been training for years to do this. So like, yeah, like I kinda get it. I kinda get it now. Or maybe I don't, I don't know. Anyways, moving on, the last one that I gotta highlight before we go in straight into our topics for today. Uh Bolos Chirios. Oh, oh boy, jeez. Bolas <laughs> Bolas Chirolas. I think I got it. I think I got it. I think I got it. Or Cryolus. Cryolus. I think that's it. Cryolus sounds about right. But uh, it's a traditional Venezuela teen sport like Boche and Petiquet. Petiquet? Petiquet. It's French. So I, I'm not entirely certain. It's, it's uh, Petiquet. Is that it? I don't know. I've, I've, I've never done French. I, I'm familiar with Spanish so I can make approximate guesses of that. But I've never, 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 never done French. So I hope I didn't completely butcher that. But uh, in where uh, players throw a set of balls as close as possible to a small target ball. Uh, what is bokeh? What is uh, the other word, I guess? You'll have to stay tuned later in the year to find out. Uh, but I, I envision that we'll at least get to Europe before the end of the school year. So we shall see. But that's it for anything kind of like sports related with these countries. Let's move on to something else. Let's talk about basketball. Um, basketball is the second most popular team sport in Venezuela. And you'd be kind of shocked because like the whole country is South America. If you had associated with one sport, it's 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 just football. It's football. Um, and we will get to why that is in terms of Venezuela in just a little bit. But basketball is that team sport. Uh, in terms of basketball, they are traditionally like one of the three most elite teams in South America. Argentina obviously is one. Think of players like Manu Ginobili. Um, actually, Manu is the only Argentinian player I can think of off the top of my head. I'm sure there's another one, but I can't think of him off the top of my head. I know there's another one that like I, I just watched a video Argentina versus Brazil. But, like, Argentina and Brazil are probably the two uh, that are, like, the other two powerhouses in there. And then Venezuela is the third. Um, if I had to 
like hazard to guess, I would say that like Venezuela is a solid three, and then you take your pick versus Brazil and Argentina. But those are the three. Um, they do have a league, um, the Superliga Profesional de Balasanto. Uh, that is their league. It's commonly known as the SPB. It's the first division national professional league in Brazil, which implies that they have a second division and third division, but I couldn't find anything about that. It was founded in 1974 as Liga Especial de Barcelona, as Balasanto, uh, but it adopted the name Liga Profesional de Barcelona. Baloncesto, 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 Baloncesto for the 1993 season, and then they took the Superliga name in 2019. I'm guessing Superliga probably established like Premier because if you just say like the League of Special Basketball, the Special League of Basketball, and then the Professional League of Basketball, it doesn't like insinuate that it's like the top top tier competition, and not at least not to me. But, uh, you know, it is what it is, I guess. Uh, but, I, but, you know, I get it. Like, if, if you're a top division league, like, if, you know, if the National Basketball League and the American Basketball League, you know, were still competing today, like, what's to, which one's the top tier? Like, I think at the time, it, the NBA was still better than the ABA, but the ABA could provide something else. So, like, if they somehow merged and they were, like, first division and second division, then you probably want to differentiate yourself. Instead of national, you could be, like, the Super Basketball League. The SBA. I'd watch the SBA. I don't know about you, but I'd watch it. In any case, unlike a lot of professional leagues here, uh, there's only 36 games. They play a uh, home, and, home and away twice for each opponent. So there's uh, 36 games here. Um, wait, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm slowly doing the math here in my head just to make sure, like 20 teams. Well, I guess like if you got to play each team once and each team away. Yeah, 36. 36. Okay. I don't know why the 20 teams, there are 20 teams in the uh, SBB, by the way. Uh, I don't know why that 20 team thing was kind of like sitting with me and like irritating me, but like, yeah, 36 is the correct number of games that you would play if you're doing a home and away, home and away. Actually, no, because how do you play them twice? You can't play them twice. If you play them twice at home, that's 36 games. I, I, so I so I messed up. It, there are thirty six games, but it's it you can't play twice home, and twice away, and equal thirty six. No, you have to play. Oh 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 no 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 that still doesn't make any sort of sense. I I'm 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 messing up with some math here. So here's here's my issue, right? So the first thing I was thinking was like, oh, well, they can't, well, 20 teams can't play 36 games, but they can, as I just recently figured out some of that. The second issue that I'm having, though, is because the, the website that I got this from essentially says that they have to play twice at home and twice away for a total of 36 games. 
But if you play each team, like let's say I'm uh, uh, Jargus, uh, I think that's one of the teams. I, I'm, I, I think I'm, I think that's one of the teams. I think that's one of the teams in the SPB. But in any case, let's say that you're playing SPB, right? You play the other 19 teams home, and you play them twice. That's 36 because you're playing the other 19 teams once. So that's 19 plus 19 is 36, and then you're playing them twice away. Oh, but you know what? No, no, that still doesn't make any sense. Nineteen, nineteen. Ugh, this is. I, I gotta. Oh, this is gonna. <laughs> this is gonna annoy me so much. But like, ugh, I gotta. I gotta look the schedule here because. Otherwise, I'm gonna go back and forth. I'm gonna go back and forth, and I'm. I'm gonna lose my mind. Uh, but of course, of course, you don't have. Um. Oh, well, thank goodness. They have a uh, actual nice little nice little website here. Or no. Will you not? Uh, I hate I hate I hate these I hate the Spanish you know things here because <laughs> I really hate that just because uh just because like they don't they don't have a ton of like information on their websites and stuff like that okay 20 teams they play 36 okay it's fighting in two conferences who play a total of two. So they play four games against ten teams. And a nine times four. Oh! Oh my god. Okay. I'm I'm so sorry, guys. I, I'll admit, like, today's not my day. <laughs> but it makes it makes a whole bunch of sense now. Okay. So they're split into two conferences, which which is something I didn't bother to mention beforehand. I thought they were all playing against each other, but they're split into 10 teams of uh, East and West, and those 10 teams play two games away and two games at home. So you, if you're playing the nine other teams, that's four games each that you play against them, and from there, that equals a 36. Got it. All right. Goodness gracious. That's why you eat your breakfast. You will sleep. And then. I have yet to eat, though. I'm running on fumes. Here we go. After that, the top four teams in each conference advance to the playoffs, and every. You know, every league goes to seven, best of seven, which I think that's the norm here in the NBA, even though I personally prefer uh, the first round being a best of five, just because, you know, or at least if you're going to get to seven, award the top teams, like the top two teams was like, you know, a game win here or there. I actually like that versus like just going straight to best of seven, but that's just me. I'm wacky. I'm weird. I'm, I'm confusing like that. Uh, but there is an all-star 
game here. You know, the the season starts in February of each year and ends in May, and then there's an all-star game in the middle of the season. Uh, so February, March, April, May. So like late, late March, early April. Yep. Uh, there is a rule that only two foreign players can play per team. As far as I'm aware, that's been a rule since the inception of the league. But I haven't seen anything that would contradict what I stated here today. And finally, the league winners and runners up. Uh, so the team that make it actually to the finals play in the FIBA's uh, or FIBA Americas League, uh, which essentially like uh, the your 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 UEFA. Well, no, the Europa is the same thing. It's just the league is like Europa is like the second. It's like the second league, I think. It's like the like the. Like the, if UEFA is still like the top, it's like the second division club based tournament, I guess. Jesus Christ, man. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they play in the uh, league, FIBA Americas League afterwards. And that's basketball. That took way longer than it should, so we're going to try to speed through football because we have maybe like, uh, Another 30 minutes or so, or so. So let's go on the football. Football in Venezuela has eventually become popular and mainstream. But it's not the top sport. It's probably, you know, it's gaining popularity, you know. So as I stated, basketball second. And baseball obviously has to be number one. Football's number three. And it's not really understood on exactly why. There are some beliefs. But it possibly has to do with the fact that MLB players, when they, they have success in the MLB, which is de deemed as like the top baseball league, versus you don't have a ton of Venezuelan uh, players that have had success. You have Colombian players, but you don't have uh, Venezuelan players that have had success outside of Europe. They're, now, granted, yeah, they're, I, I'm not sitting here and saying there aren't, you know, any. But there aren't as many because soccer is a really hard sport to really get into outside of your country to be like sought after for these foreign clubs. Um, but it's also partially because of the failure of football, like the national team doesn't do well. Uh, Venezuela is the only team to have not qualified for a World Cup. And that's actually really surprising. Uh, there are like smaller nations like uh, Suriname or Suriname. Suriname, 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 whatever. Uh, there's them, uh, Guyana, and then French Guiana. But then uh, they all compete in the uh, CONACAF. So that's so that's a bit weird, honestly. Well, actually, no. I'm sorry, I I, mis I misspoke. Those three nations compete in CONACAF. But even though they're part of South America, they are part of the same group that, uh, like, America, Mexico, and Canada are playing off of. But uh, Venezuela plays with the South Africa, or South America group. You know, with teams like Brazil, Argentina, Chile, uh, 
Peru? Peru, yeah, Peru is South American. And stuff like that. But they again, they do play in one of the hardest brackets and stuff like that. Now they do have some success and things might be looking up for Venezuela. Uh, because in 2017 they achieved one of their biggest feats. They became the fourth South African country after Brazil, Argentina, and Uruguay uh, to reach the final of any FIFA competition when their uh, under-20 side reached the final of the 2017 U-20 World Cup. Uh, Chile is the only other country to do that, or they did it for the uh, uh, Libertadores Cup, I believe is what it's called, the Copa Libertadores Cup. Um, they're the only other team to do that. And if they're under 20, 2017 was six years ago. So, I mean, like, assume that the oldest player was 19. You're talking about 25-year-olds, and, like, they made it to the finals. They should be really good, national team-wise. I mean, that's what you hope. Um, Venezuela does have a several football leagues. They have the Tresera division, the Segunda division, and uh, the Primera division. Uh, the second division is also known as Liga Fuet. Oh, geez. You know, I, I, I when I made these notes, I don't know how I thought this was pronounced, but it's Liga F-U-T-V-E. Fuetev? What? Futev? Futev. Well, it's Futev too. Or something like that. And then the Premier Division is called Liga Venezolanda. No, it's Liga Venezolana. I guess alternative names. I guess that's what the uh, Venezuelans call, you know, their league in other countries. That's that's my assumption. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. But starting in the 2020 season, there are 20 teams that play at home and away round robin tournament with top eight teams advancing to the semifinal stage. Uh, that means that 20 teams eventually play 30 games with each other. In a semifinal stage, the eight teams are divided into two groups of four teams each. So you have uh, group A, group B, kind of like the World Cup, essentially. Um, and then they will face each other twice. So then they play a total of six games? Six games, yeah. Because you play each division once and each twice. So six games. And then two group winners will advance to the series final to determine the league champions. Now, this is where things get kind of interesting. All right. So. And the runner-up, the people who went to the series final, they get to play in the Copa Libertadores, like I mentioned earlier. Then the team with the most points throughout the regular season qualifies to the preliminary round of the Copa Libertadores as the third Venezuelan team. Then the second and third team with the most points then qualifies for the uh, Copa Sudamericana. So the the league below them, um, they qualify as Venezuelans one and two. If a team that won both tournaments and if as if a team won both tournaments, that team qualified to the 
Okay, I, I think I get it. So essentially, let's say that you placed eighth. Wait, what? If a team, if a team that won both tournament qualifies teams won. I don't get it. Uh, I'm I'm blanking here, but like from what I understand here, if you won both tournaments, which I mean, I'm guessing there's tournaments involved. I didn't see that there. They held in tournament, but Tina won both. Are, but I guess if there was an opening and closing tournament, and you won both tournaments and you qualify as team one because of that, then the first and second place team that would qualify on points, uh, will qualify. Well, the first team, the first place team, and the second place team in terms of points, would qualify as two and three in the Copa Libertadores, and then the fourth and fifth place team would qualify as one and two in the Copa Sudamericana. If the winner of Copa Venezuela does not qualify for... <laughs> Jesus Christ, what, what, what's up with this? What's up with the system? I, I might I must really be hungry and tired because I don't understand any of this. Cause what's the Copa Venezuela? This is new. Uh okay. I I'm just gonna stop because otherwise I'm gonna get upset. I I'm gonna be upset. The two lowest placed team in the entire season are automatically re relegated to uh Saguna League, which makes sense to me. We're gonna take a break and uh we'll return with some more bench chatter. Biking in Chicago is more than just a mode of transportation. It's a lifestyle. It's convenient, affordable, and with 13,000 bike racks, parking is never a problem. But with every reward comes a sidecar of risk. In Chicago, over 1,700 cyclists a year are killed or injured in bike accidents involving motor vehicles. Bike safety is simple. First, become familiar with Chicago bike laws. Know your hand signals and when to use them. Love your brain. Get a bike helmet that fits your noggin and deck it out with a headlamp and some reflective gear for riding at night. Bike at least three to four feet away from parked cars to avoid being struck by a car door being opened. Motorists can do their part, too, by checking their side view mirrors for bike traffic before exiting their vehicle. Most importantly, remember that we're sharing the road. Looking out for both ourselves and each other is the only way to keep Chicago's roads safe, no matter what your wheels look like. For more information on bike safety in Chicago, visit www.chicagobikes.org. This public service announcement was brought to you by Radio DePaul, Chicago's college connection. Papa, why can't we telegraph while riding a horse? Son... There ain't no one to blame but Jeffro. He was riding old Betsy the Stallion, tip-tapping away at his telegraph, when blam! Ran right into the side of the saloon. Well, if Jeffro can't do it, neither should you. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the final half or rather, I guess, the final period, I guess, of World Sports Roundabout. Let's talk about baseball. Let's 
the, this football thing is going to confuse me because uh, it, it's clear to me that I didn't 100% do the research that I thought I did. And I'm, I'm, I'm definitely embarrassed about it. I want to apologize for the lack of quality. This Even like my first episode of Vent Shatter wasn't as bad. Um, but maybe it's just because I'm rusty and hadn't done the show in like a year. It could just simply be that. Um, but I promise you tomorrow, like this, this will not be the quality that you will get this whole year. Like I, I will step up. I will be much more refreshed. I will have breakfast. I will have everything that I need to do. So, um, we, we shall do that. But, um, Let's talk about baseball, and this this should make me very happy because I love talking about baseball. Baseball is my bread and butter, and so this should be absolutely fun. But baseball, as I mentioned earlier, is the most popular sport in Venezuela. 400 MLB players in history have come from Venezuela. Uh, notable players, Robert Cunha Jr., Gleyber Torres, uh, new former uh, Cub, now St. Louis Cardinals, Wilson Contreras, and his brother, William Contreras. Uh, Salvador Perez, Jose Altuve, Elvis Andrews, who just played a season with uh, the White Sox, uh, former Cub Carlos Gonzalez, uh, you know, he's more known for the Rockies, but you get that, uh, Azdrubal Cabrera, uh, former World Series champion with the Cubs, Miguel Montero, Felix Hernandez, uh, Miguel Cabrera, obviously, 3,000 hits, uh, Francisco Rodriguez, K-Rod, Victor Martinez, uh, those rival, you know, Tigers years were really uh, terrorizing to all these uh, Sox fans here. Carl Sambrano, former Cub. Johan Santana. Freddie Garcia, World Series champion with the Sox. Carlos Guillen. Uh, Maglio Ordonez, the f- former Sox. Man, like Omar Fiskel should be in the Hall of Fame. He did some bad, so I get it. Uh, Andres Gal... Gal-, 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 Gal- <laughs> <laughs> Andres Galarraga. I, I don't know why I messed He's a Braves legend, but I don't know why I saw his name and I just saw a whole bunch of R's like, oh boy, look at all these R's. <laughs> Ozzy Guillen, you, the former manager of the Sox and, you know, the broadcast guy. Um, and White Sox legend Luis Aprizio. Um, all those players that came from Venezuela. And I didn't even mention, like, some of the players, uh, you know, that. It, all those players made multiple All-Stars. Um, I didn't even mention. There was more than them. Like, Bobby Abreu is one that comes to mind. That I, You don't really think that he comes from Venezuela, but he comes from Venezuela. Bobby Abreu was, like, underratedly good for, like, a good period of time and then just kind of fell off the map. But how did Venezuela come to love baseball? Well, it partially becomes to a particular date in October 22nd, 1941. This is, would be somewhat during the... Uh, It'd be, uh, it was World War II going on around this time. I don't think it was. Oh, it was. Okay. Well, yes, it was. Uh, But in South America, I guess it wasn't really a huge deal. But uh, yeah, the Venezuelan baseball team on October 22nd, 1941, defeated the Cuban baseball team in the World Amateur Baseball Tournament. Now, this doesn't sound like a lot, but keep in mind that Cuba was heavily favored to win the entire tournament. And his Venezuelan team is, uh, well, they're, they're this amateur team that's 
hasn't really gotten into baseball, but they defeated him. Now, I can't find the score of this game. There's a book out about it, but I can't find the score of this game. I don't know if it was like a complete blowout or they came back from behind. But the victory was so unexpected, the country just went crazy. They were just so proud of this victory. So much so that a week later when the team returned to Venezuela, over 100,000 people lined up along a 20-mile road from Liguria to the capital to welcome them back. Now, at the time, 100,000 people was a third of the country's population. That's how crazy it was. To put it in perspective, I believe that the U.S. has seven... How much is the U.S. population? I think it's like 70 million, I believe, is the population. It's 333 million. Let's just say, yeah, 333 million people. So imagine our U.S. national team went to the Olympics in, uh, in Tokyo and won the baseball tournament. Imagine us, them coming back to a crowd of a hundred of a hundred and eleven million people lining up just to see who they are. That's impressive. That that that's how crazy they were about Venezuela beating a Cuban team. And it doesn't even say that they won it. They just beat a really heavily favored uh Caribbean team. That's all it was. Uh they're known today as Los Heroes de 41. Or the heroes of 41. Uh, I don't know how to say 41. I think it's like. Uh, 14 I think. I don't know. So four years later after that. The Venezuelan Baseball. Profe- the Venezuelan Professional Baseball League. Or Liga Venezolana de Baseball Profesional. Was born. Um, the team. Houses eight teams in two divisions, the Western and the Central, um, more commonly known as the Occidental and the Central. The tournament is then divided into a regular season and a postseason, consisting of a semifinal and final round. So the top four teams make it. Um, they are. They play in a round-robin tournament and where a total of 63 games are played. Um, so they play each other. So I guess I had to just, I had to do the math here. I had to do the math here. So 16 teams. And they each play each other once. Okay, well, thank goodness it explains it here because I was about to hear you do the math. The regular season follows a round-robin format and where a total of 63 games are distributed between eight teams that make up the Venezuelan baseball team. Oh, there are only eight teams in the division. Okay, well, so they face each other a total of nine times, five home and four away. The number of games the home club between... Two, any two clubs alternates between year to year. So I guess, um, you know, 
they play a total of nine, but who gets to host? They play a total of nine games uh, against each other, but who gets to host five and four depends on the year, I guess is what it's trying to say. At the end of regular season, the teams that rank from first to last in the division, that, that, that I don't know why they bothered to say that, but like they're ranked from first to last, and the first two teams in the division qualified for the actual playoffs. Um, in the case of a tie, which I feel like it's interesting, here's how it's kind of qualified. The team that won the most games head-to-head between the two teams that are tied based on record, if whoever has the best record eventually moves on, if that's not it, uh, then it's the difference between runs scored and runs against. The runs allowed, rather, will be determined to break the tie. If for some reason that's it, then it's a coin flip. Most MLB tiebreakers, uh, at least in the past, typically that's how they would do it. Um, I believe there's like was like two other tiebreakers before a coin flip had to be involved. But um, yeah. So if if, if there's a tie in where uh, position and postseason needs to be determined, then a tie will be played with some extra games um, until the tie is broken, obviously. Postseason consists of a semifinal and a final round. All series of the playoff series um, are best of seven. And it's it's no different from the baseball series here once you make it to the uh, L, to the uh, LCS. Uh, so you play a best of seven. Best team was the best record uh, host. They host the first two. The away team then plays the next three. Well, if needed. And then the home team concludes the last two, if needed. But there's always a rest game between the second and fifth. And then uh, the winner of the series goes on to the Caribbean series, which we have yet to mention, but we will talk about. We've, we've briefly touched on it with Cuba. I know that for certain. I think we might have actually touched on it with Puerto Rico as well. But we will talk about it for sure uh, tomorrow. Because Colombia is the last country that even has like a remote ability to be in the Caribbean Cup or Caribbean Series. So we will talk about the Caribbean Series uh, tomorrow as well. Uh, we do have like a couple more minutes. Uh, so I will briefly touch on something that kind of uh, was kind of interesting to me. Um All the teams are located north. There, there's no teams in the central or the southern division of Venezuela. And Venezuela is a big, like, in terms of landmass, I don't think it's, I, I think it's as big, if I remember correctly. It's as big as, like, some of the central U.S. states, if I remember correctly. But I, I, I don't remember off the top of my head. I wish I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I remember that. Uh, Leones de Caracas, uh, they are the grand team. Uh, they're like the Yankees. Uh, they've won 20 of the, oh boy, I'm doing some quick math in my head. 20, 30, 40, 45. Well, oh, I should do the math. How many years since 1945? <laughs> How many years? Forty-five, seventy-eight years. So yeah, they've won twenty of uh, the past, yeah, 
75 year history of the thing. Um, but they haven't won it since 2010. Uh, their most recent champions is, is uh, Navagantes del Malagenales. They won it uh, last year. And there isn't really a dynasty here. I mean, again, Leonis, the Caracas, they were pretty much a big dynasty for throughout the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. Um, I guess Negapivantes was the team of the 90s. Uh, and then Tigres de Aguara, they were the team of the 2000s. Um, but there have been 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. There have been 10 teams in the history of the league. Um, the last team to leave, I'm trying to actually figure out that myself. Uh, Pompero. And then... Uh, Industrial, Industrial La de Valencia, they were the team that uh, seems to have left. Uh, there's apparently a was a ban on bringing in Venezuelan players um, when uh, President Donald Trump was in office. Um, that ban has since lifted to only two teams, the Navigantes and Tigres Aguaral. I'm trying to figure out when this game, when the series goes on. Uh, yeah, there's that. That doesn't really help. I clicked on a link for like the 2002 series and like that, that didn't help. Yeah, that, that doesn't really help. Uh, trying to find out the dates. When do they play? I'm guessing it's, it has to be summer. But because uh, Venezuela also has a winter league. I, I didn't bother to mention that, but they also do have a winter league and stuff like that. Um, I'm guessing that's probably it. I bet that's that's it. I'm, I'm guessing. I don't know. I guess we'll have to take that as it will, because I I can't figure that out. Um. Yeah, it's it's in the winter. It looks like it. It looks like it's like runs through. October through January or something like that. I'm not seeing anything. I'm not going to sit here and like figure out every little thing about this. But that will conclude Venezuela for us today. Again, uh, I want to apologize for the quality of the episode. Again, kids, like make sure you eat your breakfast. Make sure you get your eight hours of sleep. And, uh, you know, just be good. Um, tomorrow we will talk about Columbia. Um, just a reminder that uh, World Sports Roundabout is two days a week for this quarter and quite possibly next quarter. 
Uh, they will be an hour long. We'll get through as many countries as we can. And then, uh, well, we'll Friday I'll also be on, but we'll talk about that when we get there. In any case, my name is Brandon Bones. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I will see you guys tomorrow. All right, guys. Bye-bye.